You're listening to DraftKings Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. God bless football, Billy Gill. God bless football, Mikey, eh? God bless football, Stu Gatz. We have some news this morning, Billy. Look, Billy is all perked up. He's ready to go. He's ready to make fun of me and Mikey A because he's an ass. Not at all. You guys are glowing. Like, this is energy that I have not seen from either one of you in a very long time. I've been waiting for this day like Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) I've always said, Mike, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving is better than Thanksgiving. And this year, it is certainly true. So why don't you go ahead and share the news of what happened. The report you just read us right before we came on air uh, air here from one Adam Schefter. Uh, Adam Schefter, during a team meeting minutes ago, Jets players were informed that Zach Wilson is not starting Sunday's game versus the Chicago Bears. Wilson, who had a 5-2 and two record as a starting QB this season with both losses coming versus the Patriots, is being benched. No report on who is going to be starting. Absolutely amazing. So it's Mike White or Joe Flacco is going to be the the starting quarterback for the Jets this weekend. I hope it's Joe Flacco. Uh, Robert Sala said just a couple of weeks ago that Zach Wilson's my guy. He's my guy for the rest of the season. Oh, how things change after a loss. Zach Wilson wasn't great in that game, but you know what? Neither was Robert Sala. How about that? Okay. (laughs) This feels like the team told Salah, we need this. We need that guy not to be our leader right now. Yeah, I've, I've, I've always said the locker room pleases itself, okay? And so when Zach Wilson came out, I, listen, what he said on the podium after the game, it's been a bit overblown. Do you feel like you let your defense down? He said no. He said it twice, okay? He's emotional. It's right after a game. He's a confident kid. And truth be told, The special teams also let down the defense. Robert Sala let down that defense. Everybody let down that defense, okay? The overreaction to what he said after the game was ridiculous. The overreaction, the reaction, any reaction anyone should have had is how he played in the game because he was dreadful. He was awful. He was terrible. But you know what, Mike? Some of this is on Robert Sala. When you're trying to win a football game and you're trying to win a division and we can all see that Zach Wilson's not playing good on that particular day. Forget about good. Awful on that particular day. And it's your job as head coach to make a decision, make a change with your team just trying to get a victory and get the hell out of Foxborough, okay? And Robert Salas sat there and did nothing. Kept trotting Zach Wilson back out there. When he had Joe Flacco, when he had Mike White, he could have played either either of those guys. And I believe either of those guys win the game for the Jets on Sunday. So some of this is on Robert Sala. He can rip and make it about Zach Wilson all he wants, but some of this is on him. 
And how about he takes some accountability? And how about he lead a little bit inside that locker room? Billy's giving me a strange look. Mikey A's agreeing with me. Billy, let's go to your strange look first. Do you want him to not coach this week as a result of that? Yeah, Benjamin, yes. Yeah, yeah. Because, Billy, as a coach, you're supposed to put your, your team in the best position to win a football game. And Zach Wilson was not winning that football game on Sunday. And so as a coach, you need to make it. Belichick did it a couple of weeks before. When Mac Jones came back, he watched it for a quarter. He saw it was awful. He benched Mac Jones. Robert Sala, for whatever reason, did not think to himself at any point, hey, you know what? I got two veteran guys over here. Zach Wilson's not playing well. I need to win this football game. I should put one of those two guys in. So, yes, I would like Robert Sala to not coach. He should bench himself. I love what's happening here because going into the season, you had absolutely no expectations for what the Jets were going to be. And yeah. then they got off to a good start, and now you're pissed off at the coach when your team – what are you? Aren't you like 6-3? and three? Yeah. No, we're 6-4. Six six and four. Four. Yeah. Game out in the division. Yep. Did you think you were going to win six games this year? No, and I'm not I Billy, I've told you this a number of times. I've said it on the uh on the main show here, okay? I am not gonna let anything get in the way of my feel good jet season. My surprising feel good jet season where they have a chance to win the AFC East and they still have a chance even after that pitiful loss against the Patriots. They're done playing New England. They can't beat them. They're a game out. They've beaten Buffalo. They've beaten the Dolphins. They play those two teams again. Their defense keeps them in every game. Mikey A, they have a real chance of winning this division. I'm not going to let Zach Wilson ruin it for me. I'm not going to let Robert Sala ruin it for me. I just think I find it funny that we are all pointing the finger at Zach Wilson for what happened last week where we could point the finger in a number of different directions and no one's taking accountability. No one is leading. I didn't see Robert Sala come up on the podium and say, hey, that's on me. I got to give my team the best chance to win the game. And I didn't by putting Zach Wilson back in the game. Like, that's on Salah. He's got to have the balls to make that the, to make that move in that spot. Are you happy or not happy with what happened? I don't know. Today? I don't I'm know what's happening Salah. right now. <laughs> I'm mad at Salah. I'm, I'm mad to at your Salah. point, they needed a 45-yard drive to give one of the kickers with the biggest legs a shot at winning the game. And controlling the division, being in first place alone at the top of the division – and they handed the ball off in a two-minute drive three times Correct. because they didn't trust Zach Wilson. If you didn't trust him that much enough, he shouldn't have been in the game, and you should have been man enough to pull him out and put another quarterback in that would have given us the chance. Mike, now warm with hindsight, it would have been funny if they asked Zach Wilson, hey, uh, did you let the defense down? He should have said, no, my coach did. He should have taken me out. <laughs> should have taken me out. <laughs> he would have flipped the entire thing on Salah. <laughs> well, I have a qu- I have We a wouldn't have killed him for that. That, would we? No. I have a question for you guys, and I know Mikey A's answer already. So, Stugatz, do you now know that you don't have a quarterback? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Geno Smith has changed everything, Bill. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't if know. we have to wait a decade for Zach Wilson to be good at sitting as a backup, we don't have a quarterback. Geno <laughs> Smith has changed nothing. <laughs> no, but Mikey, I can see this happening. Where the Jets are struggling in a game, Zach Wilson's the backup, uh, and Salah needs to go to him. There are no expectations, no pressure of starting the game, and Zach Wilson comes in, and he gets you a big drive and gets you three points or seven points and wins a football game, and all of a sudden we have a quarterback again. I mean, I can see that happening down the road. Can't you? Very Drew Bledsoe. 
with yeah. Tom Brady esque. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, except he's neither. Right? <laughs> oh, what I would give for Bledsoe now, currently at this age. <laughs> Billy, I don't know what I am. It's a mixed range of emotions. They're all over the place, man. Uh, Billy, what I'm saying is I'm happy that we're giving our team the best chance to win. Where was that last week against New England? It's fine that Salah finally did it now. He's doing it on the heels of a really bad game and a bad press conference. Where was he in the moment when I needed my coach to be a head coach and a leader? Why did he not pull Zach Wilson out then? That's what I'm upset about. I'm glad he finally did it. But he should have done it a week ago. That's all. Hmm. Yeah. All anyway. right. Well, God bless football, guys. Yeah. We should probably <laughs> let people know we're going to do two episodes oh, yeah. of God bless football this week. So we're doing one today, Wednesday. Um, and then because there's three Thanksgiving games, we're going to be doing a show on Friday morning as well. So on today's show, we are going to talk to Chris Sims next, who is going to be defending his tweets of yeah. Zach Wilson and all of his Aaron throws last week. So Good that'll timing. be fun. Yeah, Mikey yeah. A and Chris get into it a little bit there. And then we're going to be talking to Joel Klatt, who's going to be calling uh, Stugatz. Called it the biggest game of the year in college football at one point in time. I don't know if he meant that or if he was just saying that because Joel was on with him. So we'll talk to him later on as well. Well, now, Billy, it is called the game Ohio State and Michigan, and this is the biggest of the game, okay? Mm-hmm. Like the biggest version of it because they're both undefeated. They're playing for the Big Ten championship and the right to go on to the college football playoffs. So Joel Klatt uh, will be in the booth with Gus Johnson calling this game uh, for Fox. So I'm excited to speak to him. So we are going to go to Sims first here. Mikey A and Sims went at it pretty good. Uh, we learned of this news after Sims was on with us. So in yeah. case the audience, now Sims, so how do you think Sims absorbs this news today? In fact, uh, maybe I should text him and get a response. Yeah, yeah, we should check in on him and see if he's doing okay. Well, we played the interview with him because we spoke to him yesterday because his week is all thrown off because of the shorter week. Uh, yep. We can check in on him. Also, if you want to compete against us, there is a weekly fantasy contest. Again, go to dkng.co slash levitard. It's our Sunday contest. Also... Uh, while you're in there, because we don't have a Thanksgiving contest. But if you become a member of Levitard and Friends on the DraftKings app, people can start their own contests within that app. So people have started Thanksgiving contests within our Levitards and Friends feed. So you can compete in that one, or you can compete in the official one for Sunday's game at dkng.co slash Levitard. Uh, so, Billy, we're going to Chris Sims, and we should say a very happy Thanksgiving to our entire audience. Billy and I love putting this thing together uh, every week for you guys. You guys all seem to enjoy it. We appreciate you. Uh, whether you listen to God Bless Football, Lebitard Show, uh, any of our podcasts in the Lebitard Show universe, uh, we are grateful. We are thankful uh, for your support and your loyalty uh, to, to everything that the Levitard Show, which Stugatz does, and, and really all the ancillary podcasts that you guys have supported, like this one, like God Bless Football. So happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. You want to say anything to them, Bill? No, you, you got it. Was it good? I got it. Yeah. I nailed it. Happy okay. Thanksgiving, everyone. <laughs> Billy doesn't feel good. <laughs> He's also confused by my jet steak. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> it's, it was an odd tone for a happy moment. Robert Salah, please. Let's get to Chris Sim. Chris, you won't believe me on this. I was defending you today. Yeah. Wow. I feel so honored. We both were. No, for yeah. real. So we were talking yes. we were talking about kind of what you were doing on Twitter with Zach Wilson. And then Dan was saying, like, well, I don't understand why he hasn't come around on two. And I'm like, well, you don't really understand his two a point. Like, you know, 
It's not that he says that he sucks, just that, you know, every other quarterback can do the exact same thing, which is kind of that, but <laughs> no, he's not that, he's not coming that Well, I, I started Sims by saying Sims is doing that thing where he's going to show us because he watches film uh, that no wide receivers were open and none of this was Zach Wilson's fault. I said he does well, that thing. He does his thing, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to do my thing. What I'm, what I'm trying to do and why I just did it on Twitter was – you know, again, listen, I know the game wasn't good. I get that. I'm totally realistic, and I have no problem bashing Zach Wilson or anybody. I mean, I'm the guy that's been sticking up for Aaron Rodgers for 10 years, and now for the last year I've been the guy that pointed out all the problems he's got and the, the issues there. I don't care. I mean, I'm not going to hold on to my draft ranking and be wrong for five more years just to be right about my draft ranking. At some point I just evaluate it for what it is. So it wasn't good. But the reaction is too over the top off of it. And that's where I started to push back a little bit. Listen, the post-game press conference could have been better. He certainly should have answered it that way. Yep. He's also a pissed-off guy that just said no because, and he's mad, and it was the last question of the press conference. But that wasn't a good look. We know he could have answered that differently. You know, the play on the field certainly wasn't good. And if you look at my Twitter handle and what I did today, I mean, yeah, there's four or five plays there that – maybe six that you can look at and go, damn, yeah, we could have had a little bit better results. But for the most part of the football game, it, I don't care who, who you have at quarterback. That's what I'm trying to show is, I mean, every run is a loss of yards, and then there's penalties, and then there's pressure, and then there's rarely anybody open. And, yeah, we missed Conklin down the middle. That was a shot down the field for 15 yards, definitely. But then we get, you know – uh, social media memes about him missing a guy in the flat, which, okay, yeah, he misses the guy with a little behind the, the line of scrimmage pass. Whoa, he missed it? You mean that play that was going to go for minus one yards and the guy was going to get <laughs> killed when he caught it anyways? I mean, whoa, he's right. really leaving yards on the field. So that's where. And then, you know, to piggyback off of that too a little more, just where I went on it. And again, I try to be the guy that straightens out false narratives you know, I thought that was a low blow with Dan Orlovsky again. Does he even know the playbook and then shows a play and then doesn't really describe the play very accurately but leaves it up there that he doesn't know the playbook? Uh, that's that's a low blow. I, I just I won't accept that to anybody. So if I saw that with Justin Fields or any quarterback, I'd go, well, this is wrong. Your route you're explaining is not correct. He does know the playbook, and you – Explaining the play changed the guy's route twice in the same video and then tried to crap on the quarterback and say he doesn't know the playbook. So that's where – and I, I'm a fan of Dan Orlowski. I don't – I'm not trying to get into any social media war. I'm just saying I thought that was a little, little below the belt on that one. Uh, Sims, we all agree what he did in the post-game press conference was bad, okay? It was bad. Uh, take accountability. Be a leader. You're the captain of the football team. You're the quarterback. But everyone let that defense down. Special teams, the offensive line, the wide receivers, that defense is awesome. The entire team, including Robert Sala, left, uh, let him down. I'm not concerned about what he said off the field. I'm concerned about what he does on the field. You still think he could be a good quarterback in the NFL? I do, you know, and again, I, you know, this year, like, first off, they got to help him out a little bit. You know, one thing you'll see from that, too, there's just, there's no, like, easy completions, get them in rhythm. The first six plays of the game are blanket covered, blanket covered, blanket covered, blanket covered, throws a rifle down the middle to Denzel Mims, 
drops the ball, runs for a 15-yard scramble, blanket covered, blanket covered. like, And that's where I just want to, you know, again, I, I don't know what people expect with some of those. They got to help him out, get some easy completions. Yes, he was a little rushed in the game. Certainly didn't play his best. He had some moments of being a little jittery. So there, there's that. But, yeah, I mean, hey, what – you know, also they're choosing to play a style of football that's this way too. That's where I don't think it's fair. Salah grew up in Seattle. He's playing 2013 Seattle Seahawks football. Play defense, run the ball, Russell Wilson, make a few throws. And that's what you've been that's what you've been asking Zach Wilson to do in New York as far as the Jets are concerned. This game was a different animal. And yeah, there were some issues there. And I'm not trying to give him a free pass, but I just think some of the over the over the top criticism is criticisms what bothers me. And listen, we can we can talk about maybe the way he is in a locker room and maybe he is being a jerk and not taking enough accountability. That seems to be where a lot of this issue lies right now. And if that's the problem and they feel like there's a real issue, then okay, then maybe you make a switch or do what you got to do there so he can you know, learn how to be a better leader. Uh, Chris Sims is with us. Unbuttoned podcast, Football Night in America. PFT with Mike Florio every day on Peacock. He's fired up today. He's taking shots at Dan Orlovsky. He's taking shots at everyone. I'm but not saying things- anything here that I haven't said already. That's, that's okay. not a shot at Dan Orlovsky. I just no, like it should it be a shot at Orlovsky. What he video. did was wrong. I'm with you. Yeah. I'll take the shot at yeah. Orlovsky. Zip All it up. Right. Uh, what, but <laughs> as you were talking, okay, as you were talking, two things happened. And I have yeah. to follow these things whenever they happen. Billy perked up. We'll get to him first in just a second perked up and Mikey A started stretching okay he never stretches which means he has something for you let's go to Billy first though <laughs> well no I just feel like we got off on the wrong foot with Chris like I feel like I don't know he, he it's a different energy about you today you don't have like angry Chris entered this too well it shouldn't be any different you guys attack me on every show so that, that's not affecting me uh, I mean, we love you. I mean, that's so. I mean. So that's that's not an issue. No, I'm. I'm. Uh, it's a different week, so my schedule's mm-hmm. all over the place. Mm-hmm. I seem yeah. a little different, yeah. Billy. And then I was thrown off by my earbuds not working to start um, off. But right. I'm still the same old Chris here. You're okay. Don't, you're happy. Don't you worry. Excited about I, Thanksgiving. I, I am. And then listen, I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not defensive. One of the reasons I always claimed I got in the business is just to correct some of the stupid narratives that are out there. And I'm not saying this narrative is stupid, but the the reaction to it, I feel like, is a little over the top. I felt like that for the last five, six weeks, as I've told you guys. That that's just my been my feeling there overall. Um, but we'll we'll see where it goes. And uh, Sims, again, always, if it continues to play bad pe- or look bad, I'll call it like it is. I always love the people that attack the guy who puts in the work, has the film, <laughs> studies the film, looks at the film. With that said, let's go to Mikey A. <laughs> Sims, Sims, let's let's first off, Sims. I am not overreacting. This has been my reaction since he was drafted. So this is not me overreacting. Uh, and, and some of your points are right. He did. I mean, when guys are wide open and he hits them in the chest and they drop it, notably Devin McCourty, uh, you know, it's going to affect his numbers. You know, he's he's hitting Devin McCourty right in the chest and he's not catching it. I don't mm. get it. And you say you should do things like get him some easy completions. Like, would you say like a line of scrimmage play where he overthrows <laughs> the guy by 30 yards or like what 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 are we what are we doing here, yes, Sims? I mean, I'll give you this: the play calling was terrible. I was calling it pass, run for no yards, pass. 
It was terrible. But then I'm not even going to take into account the no, he's not going to apologize to the defense. He came out and blamed the wind. Like, like noodle arm Mac Jones didn't complete 19 of 21 for 280 yards. Yeah. I know, Mike, yeah, but you gotta, you gotta watch the game apparently because Mac Jones led the league in least down the field throws in football. And Zach Wilson threw the ball down the field at the third highest rate in the league yet last week. So they did. They asked him to not make the noodle throw. See, there we have false narrative, and you're wrong. So false narrative <laughs> wow. started by Mikey A. Yeah. Right? So they, they asked him the dumbest thing. Hey, throw the ball down the field more, and it's windy. And then the smart team went, hey, it's windy. Let's throw it right here. And Mikey A, just because he misses that throw and what he should hit, that's not what I talk about getting a guy in rhythm or doing so. Oh, whoa. He was going to throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage to a guy that was covered. And he was going to get his head Isn't knocked that the easy off. Completion, though? Like, you know, okay, sure. He missed it. All right, what about the 20? Then give, start giving him credit for the 25 yard out route he threw into mm. the wind and all the. Where's all your talk about the great throws he made against Buffalo? Again, Since I'm not trying to defend it. It's five yards of offense. Like, what, what great throws are we talking about here? Against Buffalo? No, he had 140 yards passing against Buffalo. He had 105. Listen, he can only do what he's asked to, like the plays that are called. He He can't can't, do those things. He had a bad week, so (laughs) I I don't know what else you want me to say. It wasn't good. It was all around. He's acknowledging. Listen, listen, he feels like he's being. He's acknowledging that this was a shit week. He's acknowledging that's a shit week. He said it. He like Mikey, calm down, calm down. He said it's a shit week. It's Thanksgiving. Okay, yeah. like, and he's our friend. Let's be grateful. You've made your point. He's him. made his point. I am with Billy. Thursday, Chris Sims is a lot happier than Thursday, Tuesday. Chris Sims. Sims. Yeah. I need Zach Wilson to be good. I only not because of the Jets, because I want my happy-go-lucky Chris Sims back. I mean, that's it. Yeah, this well, is gonna... you might not get him today. So, this... oh, oh. Oh, what's the next subject? I was going to say, love you. this is going to sound sacrilegious, but I almost wish that Tua has a bad week, so the next week you're like bubbling. Oh you know? yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not anything, and I'm really. I'm good. I'm totally good. You know, I just think a little of it gets all taken out of context, and it's a guy that just. He gets jumped on. You know, even I, I'll stick up for any player in this manner where, yeah, he should have answered that wrong. I mean, differently at the press conference. But at the same time, he's pissed off and he's just trying to get – he cares and he's trying to get off the podium too. So you can't win sometimes. It was literally a throwaway last question, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the proper thing would be, yeah, we let the defense down. I let myself down. Damn, we were horrible today. Sure. I would have loved to have seen that. Uh, I, I understand the the reaction to that. It was not a good look for him at all. Chris, there are two things quickly, then we'll get off the Jets here because I want to talk about Jimmy G and the 49ers. Uh, w- first off, people are forgetting he lost Brees Hall, and that is that is a huge loss for the Jets because it allows people to kind of play Zach Wilson. They're not as afraid of the running game as they were when Brees Hall was there. And a Secondly, couple of linemen. Secondly, as a Jet fan, yeah. what I will tell you, what me and Mikey A are frustrated about is – I'm okay with Zach Wilson not playing well. But our head coach needs to realize, man, the opportunities for our team to win a division come every, like, 10 years. And when they – like, take it seriously. And Zach Wilson did not need to be in that game in the fourth quarter or the second half when he's playing that poorly and he has White and Joe Flacco sitting there on the sidelines. Give me one of those guys. Belichick did it a couple of weeks ago. He pulled Mac Jones after a quarter. Give me anyone who can move the ball 50 yards against the Patriots defense. Get me a field goal and get out of there with a win. 
Is that fair? But you've won. You've won so many games that way. I know. And like I know. And you're the you're as Bill Belichick stated, you're the best fourth quarter team in football. Right. Where you've made those type of plays in these tight games to to win it. That's the way you know you're you've been playing. It's it's a really good defense. They were all over their stuff. It's not a real creative offense. And then when you couple in, yeah, the O line not good in a lot of ways. Certainly, like run game not helping out. He didn't help himself out. I get that. You know, it, it's 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 a tough. And then you got young players who talk too much. That would be the other thing that's an issue. That right. that would be another. Garrett Wilson making state of the union addresses like he's already been to ten Pro Bowls. That needs to stop. <laughs> Elijah Moore acting like he's Randy Moss. No, you're not. So that's you know again the whole thing was a disaster. And Wilson, we'll see where it goes. I won't be shocked if he's benched. I won't. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't agree with that. Again, like I've said, the style of play they've been playing, and to go five and two through that stretch, and I mean, geez, Joe Flacco, you guys, you should have been zero and three with Joe Flacco as a starter. I mean, zero yeah. and three, period. You I had the luckiest day That's in the history that... of the NFL happen that day for her to get a win. I know. So, I just needed to drive you know, there, though. That's and all. you wouldn't One have drive. expected to be six and four this at this point of the year, anyways, before the year. You're so right. it's still all going in the right direction for the New York Jets, but. You know, we'll see where it goes with Zach Wilson. You're right. It's going to be a defining moment where he goes, how much he improves. I know early in the year, though, we were in a similar situation with Justin Fields, and we were going, damn. I mean, this just it can't look any worse. He's going 8 for 17 and 17 for, 7 for 21 every game. And then they started to do some things that help him. Now, they just got to find that element that can help Zach Wilson and get the offense going. And we'll just see what they do as far as deciding to play him or not. Uh, speaking of Justin Fields, the Jets play the Bears this week. They might get a break because Justin Fields might not play because of the shoulder. Yeah. We'll get to Jimmy G and the Niners in a second here. But since we're on Justin Fields, what do you do if you're the Bears? Because you know you have a quarterback. That's done. That's a wrap. He's good. He's going to be good for a long time. Do you sit him the rest of the year? Are you concerned about the style of play, getting him injured? Like, where are you with what the Bears should do with Justin Fields moving forward? Yeah, they got to be careful and keep the big picture in mind here and, and realize, I mean, we know it's not going to happen this year. So I, I would not be rushing him out there if he was less than 100%. You know, he's he's a pretty good taking care of himself as a runner. Like when, he, when he's got a designed quarterback run and he gets out in the open and things start to converge on him, he's good at sliding. He doesn't take a lot of big hits. It's the plays that are broken down is where I worry about him, where he's He's, he's dropping back to pass. Now nobody's open or he doesn't see what he likes or doesn't like what he sees. The pocket collapses, and now he tries to extend the play and break tackle and try to get around the edge and get extra yards. Man, that's when he takes some really big hits. So that's where I'd like to see him like adjust his play a little bit. But, man, yeah, Justin Fields, again, just with where that is and then finally doing some things that made sense for his skill set and all that, they're going to have a ton of money in the offseason. Yeah. I, I would be very careful about risking his health here down the stretch. Who cares if you lose two or three more games, four more games? It's a Nobody good thing. was expecting anything special. We just wanted to see Justin Fields go like this, and he's going like that. And that's a good sign for 2023. Uh, Mikey A, we did catch a break there. Like, Justin Fields, like, the step down is Trevor Simeon. Like, all right, give me Simeon to get that defense. I'm good. <laughs> Bounce back game. Here we go. Former Jack, great Trevor Simeon. <laughs> uh, Sims, how many teams are regretting not trading for Jimmy Garoppolo this, uh, this uh, offseason? Well, 
you know, again, it, it's a situation. He's been really good. There's no doubt. I don't. Chris, know he looks just- better. Like, is it just me? He looks faster. His decision making is faster. He's in better shape. Like, this is the best I've seen him in a long time. I don't disagree that it's playing about as good and as clean as we've seen him play in a long time. Definitely good decisions. We haven't seen like the dumb Jimmy G mistakes, right? And I think Shanahan's, you know, got the formula going here. I don't know if there was a, a situation that, you know, totally made sense. Again, I don't know if he's in Carolina, if anything, he looked a whole lot different there. Washington, hey, the way they're playing now, certainly early in the year, though, when they couldn't run or protect the quarterback, I mean, that's not, that wouldn't have been his cup of tea there. Uh, hey, the Colts, they might have been better off with Jimmy Garoppolo. I won't lie there for sure. But again, a little bit, you know, the system, the support staff he has around him. I mean, the big thing about that game and the Monday night game is, and I think you guys see this, and this is something I've been saying all all year, that that, that game puts the, puts the league on notice. The 49ers are definitely one of the best teams in football. Yeah. And to do it again without their starting two D tackles who are – Game wreckers and Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw. Uh, I just, I just think the 49ers are up in the class of the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Bills. You know, they're an upper echelon team in the NFL. And if Jimmy G just plays like that and doesn't make dumb mistakes, they can, they can win the Super Bowl. They're that good on both sides of the ball. You saw it, like, full display on Monday night. You saw it, like, Debo running the ball, catching the ball, Kittle with a big touchdown, you had, and Ayuk had two touchdowns. Like, you're and McCaffrey. The team's really good, Chris. You're right. You're going to have to pick your poison. You are. Yeah. And just like we see with, like, McDaniel and the Miami Dolphins, uh, they know how to utilize everybody. And then when you overplay, oh, wait, we want to stop Debo Samuel – Oh, wait, there's McCaffrey. Oh, we found something creative to kind of contain the McCaffrey-Debo Samuel combination. Oh, damn, now Shanahan has a play that, you know, exposes us in the middle, and there's George Kittle. Uh, that, that's where he, they're really great. And that's where it's a lot like Miami. They understand how to expose defensive schemes. That's where Shanahan is really brilliant. He understands where the weak link of the, the defensive scheme is, and then he finds ways to – just totally manipulate it, teaches the quarterback, hey, just read that guy. And if he comes up, throw the guy behind him. If he goes deep, throw the guy in front of him. Just examples like that over and over. And then then you add on the physicality of their football team, the way they run, and then, of course, that defense is the best in football. Uh, yeah, that's why they're scary. And that's you know part of the reason I picked Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl rematch before the year because I felt like I could see some of this coming. Speaking of the Chiefs, when are teams going to realize that leaving Patrick Mahomes a minute is leaving him a lifetime? I mean, seriously. It's, it's, gonna, yeah. it, it's amazing. I mean, are you guys not amazed at what we see with Patrick amazed. Mahomes every week? Every week, right? No, every week, yeah. It's, it's, he's, the, he's, I think, the guy that's in the lead for the MVP right now. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's just – there's no defense you can throw at him right now where you can feel like, oh, wait, this will give us the edge. He's kind of got to that spot where you can't play the soft defense anymore. He picked you apart underneath. And when you blitz and do a lot of different things that way, yeah, you know, you might make a play every now and then, but you're also going to leave some guys in some vulnerable positions. Uh, The Chiefs, the toughness of their team, the adjustments they make, you know, they're they're special that way. They go in at halftime, 
somebody shakes Andy Reid and is like, would you run the ball? And he comes out and runs the ball, and they kind of control the line of scrimmage that way. The defense makes adjustments to where they got up 20 points in the first half and then really only let up the one drive the whole second half. Uh, they're, they're phenomenal across the board, and Mahomes is playing as good as I've ever seen him play. Uh, you have said consistently 49ers, probably the most talented roster top to bottom in the NFL. Uh, is Dallas a close second? Dallas is up there, definitely. Dallas, I mean, Philadelphia would probably be the roster I probably would have made number one. Uh, but I think when you look at Philly, Dallas, the 49ers, um, gosh, I'd probably even put Tampa Bay in that conversation. The Dolphins uh you got it there and then you start to talk about kansas city and buffalo i think but yes they're up there i mean dallas there's only one issue with their whole roster i think we talked about it last week it's just a it's a small defensive line so when they play a bigger well-coached offensive line like the green bay packers it's an issue now the minnesota vikings aren't necessarily that they're not you know the minnesota vikings run games a little overrated and Dallas found out a way to play run defense and then not put a guy on an island against Justin Jefferson like the week before where they had to play run defense and they put a guy on an island against Christian Watson and he burned them deep all game long. This game, they changed their approach. Played run defenses, but then dropped into zones. And, man, Minnesota had issues. But, yeah, the, Sugas, to your point, Dallas is – it's up there. And they're, okay, they're pretty special across the board. Yeah, another special team, Chris, that I, I and we shouldn't forget about them. They made it to the f- Super Bowl a year ago, but I feel like we're forgetting about the Bengals and Joe Burrow. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they're they're close. Getting DJ Reader back on the defensive line will be huge. Chase. You know, again, yeah. <laughs> and they need to get the run game a little bit better still. Uh, but the thing that he at least took up, instead of no run game in this past matchup, it was very patient to the backs out of the backfield. And again, as I've always said, when he, he's always looking for just one, give me an inch to throw the ball down the field to T. Higgins or somebody else. Uh, I, I do think the Bengals are close to really getting back on track. And I, I do think they're a team that can kind of get back in the conversation of one of the elite teams in the AFC, to your points, to God's. Uh, Chris, what is like? Are the Vikings good? Let me like just boom. That's it. That's the no. question. Are the Vikings good? It's right, Billy. Uh, I mean, they are good. They're right. they're good. They're not great. And, uh, it's three weeks in a row they've been outplayed, but you can't. You know, they won two of the games, right. and that's where it's a little weird. <laughs> I mean, it is so weird. Yes. I know they were outplayed by Washington. They were outplayed by Buffalo. Had some things fall their way and got to pull the game out that way. You know, but. I don't think what we saw last week is who they are, but would I be shocked if we saw Minnesota lose a few games here and we look up in a few weeks and they're nine and five or something like that? I would not. No. You know, I don't, the offense is good, but I don't come away blown away by it. As I've talked about, I don't think the run game is just this thing that they can go, oh, wow, we can just impose our will on you. I think they kind of have to throw first and then go to the run. And the defense certainly, as you saw, has issues. And that's, that's who I worry about more than anything. Like we said last week, they never really stopped Buffalo the whole game. Buffalo went up and down the field. And you saw that again with Dallas, who's more da- balanced than Buffalo. That really gave the Minnesota defense some issues. What's going on with Lamar Jackson, Chris? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's been good. I don't know. It was a weird game, and I haven't got a chance to watch that back yet. No, no like Carolina's defense has speed and athleticism to kind of contain him to a degree. He was out sick last week, off a of bye week. It kind of seems like they were sleepwalking there, right? And they're a team that, you know, Stugatz, when when they can't dominate in the run game, you know, I think it's still fair to question, like, is that pass game creative enough and good enough to, to carry them through? And I, I think that's going to be a question we'll see here as we go down the stretch. I know Lamar's good enough. It's not that. It's just the system and some of the weapons that he has available to him. Is that good enough without a run game to make it happen? But we, you know, b- before they went to the bye week, we were all, hey, man, they're running the ball. This is good. Oh, man, you know, things are going in the right direction. We'll see. Well, you know, teams do come back after the bye week, and you can be asleep at the wheel. You know, the poker's off your ass. You didn't practice for a week. You might have get into some bad habits the week, the first week back. And then, you know, you get punched in the mouth and reevaluate things and the coaches get back on you and you get back on the right track. Chris, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, um, I know that gifts aren't normally like a custom, but I'm going to give you the gift of not asking you about Tua. I will ask you, though, if you saw <laughs> what happened over the weekend. Mina found herself on the wrong side of all the of Tua non, essentially. Wow. Um, how did that happen? Well, yeah. she's, you know, somewhat critical of Tua. So Stugatz and I were talking before the show, and we were wondering, is Chris Sims jealous of the fact that he has not had two non-mobilized go after him? <laughs> they found someone else. Sims. No, that, that's good. I'm glad they found another enemy of the state. Go ahead. Keep attacking Mina. No, Get after her. That. That's not nice. <laughs> so, Chris, no, so you want all that smoke. Leave Mina alone. Yeah, man. poor Mina. Yeah. <laughs> Mina. Mina's the best. Uh, I love Mina. And, and, and again, I, I'm not... I mean, man, Tua and that offense this week, I'm going to be excited to see what they do against Houston. Uh, they're they're going to pose some problems Destroy to Houston. Them. If they can run yeah. the ball at all on Houston, which I think they'll be able to, I don't know what Houston's going to do. They're going to, they're going to need to put their head on a 360-degree axis because they're going to be like, Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Monster. I mean, it's going to be all over the place. They got no chance against this crew. Real quick on the way out, uh, last week you told us that one of the many or one of the few things that you get emotional about is telling your family how thankful you are for them on Thanksgiving. So do you, do you have anything prepared for us or what, yeah, do, you think? Yeah, what do you think? Here's your chance. You're, you're funny. No, not after the way I was accosted to start the show. Absolutely Shameful. not. No, I, I agree no. with you. I agree I'm with you. You should tell them all about the I think I accosted Zach Wilson. <laughs> uh bft with mike florio every day on peacock uh the unbuttoned podcast of course football night in america two games i know why he's cranky he's got to work thanksgiving day yeah that's why I don't. He's cranky oh, oh don't. i'd be pissed off but you no. guys have a game but because that like second Garrett game doing. starts past yeah, 4 30 mm. it bleeds into the pregame mm. so they don't do one now christmas day for whatever reason it's the same schedule and that stinks. We do have to work on Christmas Day. But, I, yeah, I don't know. For, for whatever reason, we get the Thanksgiving off. That Cowboys-Giants game will go right up to the start of the Vikings-Patriots game on NBC. So our company opted to not have a full pregame show. So, no, I get to enjoy the day. I'm really, I'm really excited. This is like my fa- one of my favorite days of the year. I cannot wait to sit down, stuff my face, 
and watch football. It's going to be great. They have Packers Eagles Sunday night. A uh, big f- has to work on Thursday. He's not. Happy yes, he does. That. There's no question yes. about it. He's not. He's yeah. tired of working f- Thursday. Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I know he is. Um, so Sims, that's perfect. A, a great Thanksgiving. Sit around, get f- stoned, and watch football, and eat Definitely. a ton of food. Who's better than you? That, 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 that's right. You know, yeah. have a yeah. have a drink or two. Yeah. Have a smoke or two. Yeah. Really work up the munchies. We're kind of a late eating Thanksgiving family. Mm-hmm. Where we probably won't like sit down to have the meal to like five o'clock, somewhere right. in that range. Right. Uh, but I'll have worked up quite the appetite by that time. All right, you won't say it, but we will. We love you, your family, yeah. F- Mikey A. I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I, no, you know, and, and I didn't. I hope I didn't mean to come in in a bad mood. I kind of just was flustered about getting in here and yeah. all that. You guys yeah. know I love you, yes. and I do get sick of just. I don't know defending things sometimes defending social media you know and again i'm not defending it just to defend it i'm not uh, i i understand there was issues there but i'm not gonna let people just go crazy with false narratives you know like i hear somebody last night talking about you know he didn't play well because he grew up as a rich kid like what what <laughs> last time i checked the mannings were kind of rich and they did okay there's a bunch of people in football that have been rich like so that's where it's gone cross the line into low blow area and that's where i just felt like i maybe was a little exhausted from that to start the show so sorry oh, but i do love you guys uh and happy thanksgiving i am very thankful for our friendship Sorry if I came in in a bad mood, Billy. I didn't mean to disappoint you. No, Billy's fine. It's Mikey A. He uses a pinata. He accosted accosted Chris. (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving (laughs) to you and your family, Chris. Enjoy it, dude. Yeah, you too, guys. Be good. I'll talk to you next week. See ya. Okay, buddy. Feisty Sims. I love it. See ya. Bye, Chris. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. See you guys. It is time for this week's edition of Stu You Gots, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code Stu for a special offer when you sign up. That's code Stu only at DraftKings Sportsbook. A special Thanksgiving edition of Stu You Gots here. Three NFL games. I'll give you the rest of my picks, both college and the NFL, on Friday's edition of God Bless Football. But... We have three games on Thursday for Thanksgiving, and Billy Gill is making me pick them. He is. I don't like any of them, but he's making me pick them, so I'm going to pick them. Week 12 in the NFL, 3-4 and four last week. I'll be honest, I had no idea Colt McCoy was starting for the Cardinals when I took the Cardinals. And that's why I am 39-28-4 in the season. How about that? Pretty good. Even not knowing that Colt McCoy was starting, I'm still 39-28-4 on the season. Alliance plus 10, taking on the Bills at home. Home away from home for Buffalo. Uh, the Bills win the game. The Lions cover the spread. The Bills win by seven points. I'm taking the Lions to cover the 10 points here. Lions right in the mix. Giants, they are plus nine and a half, taking on the Cowboys. They have the same record. The Giants beat the Cowboys without Dak Prescott. The Giants did not look good last week against the Lions. Cowboys look really good against the Vikings. I have the Cowboys winning the game. I have the Giants covering the spread. The Cowboys win by four points at home. The Giants cover. Primetime Kirk Cousins is a different person. But the Patriots, short week against that Jet defense. 
Very physical. Vikings minus three at home. Short week for the Pats. Vikings minus three. Buy it down a half. Buy it down to two and a half points. And I have Kirk Cousins. One o'clock Kirk Cousins showing up in prime time for some reason. The Vikings win the game. They cover the spread. The Vikings by eight points at home. Those are the picks for Thanksgiving week 12 in the NFL. I'll have the rest of the picks on Friday. Good luck, everyone. Enjoy your turkey. Joel Glad is with us. What is, uh, if you don't mind, we'll get to the uh, to the big game, Michigan-Ohio State. And Joel is with us promoting Fox Football uh, 9 a.m. pregame show, Michigan-Ohio State on Fox. Pretty big game. Uh, but before we get to that, Joel, what does Thanksgiving look like at Joel Klatt's house? Like, oh, like the man. spread? Like, give it to me. <clears throat> well, uh, to be real honest, like, I haven't had a Thanksgiving with my family in years, over over a decade, uh, just because of the nature of of this job, you know, and, and the games that we do. I've either been, have, you know, having to do a couple games a weekend or flying out <clears throat> on Thanksgiving. Um so it's it's been a little hit or miss. It's been scattered. You know, like back in the day, my mom makes a great Thanksgiving dinner. It's the best turkey dinner. She makes the best gravy. You know, I'm sure everyone says that. Yeah. So what we're doing this year is that my wife actually just took the kids back to Denver to hang out with our families. And then I'm going to meet them tomorrow evening on my way to Ohio. And we're going to have Thanksgiving dinner on Wednesday night before I've got to fly out to Columbus. So um, that's what it's going to look like this year. Got to do what you got to do for the family. Billy, how do you feel about a Wednesday night Thanksgiving? Yeah, I know, right? Eh. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Billy, I'm with you on that. That's an eh. I get it. I mean, it's well-intentioned. I get the, you know, your family's there. Got to do what you got to do, right? Yeah. Uh, Clyde, if you could only have three things for Thanksgiving, it's a weird question, but what would be the three things that you would choose to eat on Thanksgiving? Mm. Uh, Mashed potatoes, gravy, and stuffing. You get rid of the turkey, huh? First of all, the mashed potatoes and the stuffing, uh, they can pour the gravy all over all of it. Right. So that's, you know, and I know you can put the gravy on the turkey as well, but I mean, you know, we have we have meat all the time. How often do you have like mashed potatoes and, and stuffing? So I love I love those things. Yeah, yep. That's it. Those are my three things. What's but if problem? can I, I get a can I get a roll in there as well? Ooh, like can wow. I get some bread? Yeah, like a side. Uh, I'll, I'll listen. I will allow a single roll, okay? A single <laughs> roll, and that's it. Uh, but, but but turkey, it's like a staple. How often do we have turkey? I'm not. I'm with you. Uh, I, I, really? I, I could go without you the could turkey. You could do without the turkey? Yeah. Yeah. If I had to do easily. One, maybe. So, so here we are on a Wednesday night having Thanksgiving without a turkey. Way to go, Joel. <laughs> I think if you have Thanksgiving on a Wednesday night, you shouldn't be allowed to have turkey. That's, oh, that's a great point. Yeah, you know, yeah. excellent. Excellent. Point. <laughs> I don't know if it was a great point, uh, but it was my point uh, nonetheless. Uh, Joel, Alabama's getting in, aren't they? They're getting into the playoff with two losses, no. aren't they? <laughs> no, I think I'll quit what do you mean, if no? that happens. No, it's not happening. There's there's no way this happens. Timeout. There's- timeout. I need to call a timeout. I get three per game. Are you saying you will quit doing what it is you're doing if Alabama gets into the playoff this year? No. Okay, no, I'm not going to do I, I love my to job clarify. too much. Okay. <laughs> that, was, that was a good 30-second timeout right there. Thank we all you. needed to take a deep breath. Right. Um, but no, I mean, Alabama is not, not getting into the playoff. There's too many teams that that would be in front of them. And, and like, I just don't see the path. Like, you can't paint the picture that that allows them to get in. 
Does like does everybody lose? I you know I I I guess I guess if you were trying to go that route, right? You would probably have like jo- Georgia win, Ohio State win, and then like USC loses, TCU loses, Clemson loses. Yeah, but still, like I I don't like I just don't I don't see it because in that in that point, like the the I think TCU might go with one loss before them. I think that the Big Ten East loser would probably go before them. I just don't see how people would put Alabama this year. They're just not as good as they have been in the past. Right. Let me try it this way. Michigan plays Ohio State this weekend on Fox, and you'll be on that game. So one of those teams has to lose. Yeah. TCU, maybe they lose, maybe they don't. But – LSU has to play Georgia SEC championship game. Let's assume LSU loses that game. Mm -hmm. So that's the scenario where you have one of these two teams have to lose this weekend, Ohio State and Michigan, plus LSU losing to Georgia. And then Alabama has, you know, I don't want to say it was a good loss, but it was a close game on the road against Tennessee, and then they have their other loss. I mean, I could see Alabama kind of getting in with two losses because – the committee loves Alabama and loves Nick Saban and knows it's good for ratings when Alabama's in that playoff. Just remember, there's never been a two-loss team in the playoff. I know. And and I think in order to break that precedent, it would need to be like a two-loss champ, conference champion. Which So the only two-loss team that I'm thinking to myself, like, yeah, they've got a, a path, a clear path is LSU because they're not going to hold the SEC champ out of the playoff. Right. So that's why I would say like LSU's got a clearer path than Alabama. Alabama, remember now, they they did not play great, obviously, against AM and uh, without their quarterback. But there's been several other games when you're just thinking to yourself, like, this is not the normal dominant Bama team that just got tripped up a couple of times. They had a one-point win at a what, – what are they now? Six and four, seven and four Texas team. So yep. I, I don't think that their resume is quite as strong as maybe we would anticipate from, from pre- previous years. Joel, I feel like Ohio State's going to blow out Michigan. How do you feel about uh, the upcoming game? It's going to be a great game. It's the game. It's two undefeated teams. But I just feel like Ohio State's a better team. Well, on paper, I think that, you know, heck, Vegas agrees with you. You know, I think a lot of people would agree with you. I think from a style standpoint and a matchup standpoint, Michigan is actually – uniquely suited to match up with with Ohio State. You remember when when Ohio State was just blowing Michigan out 2017, 2018 yeah. and they had they had a defense that was really good against everybody but Ohio State. They had an offense that was pretty good against everyone but Ohio State. And and that 2018 game was a real point of demarcation and kind of the the trajectory of that Michigan program. Now what Jim Harbaugh has done he has built the team architecturally from a schematic standpoint to face Ohio State, in particular on the defensive side. So he went and he leaned into basically his brother's defense, John Harbaugh's defense at Baltimore, and he said, I need a more NFL style of defense. And so the architecture kind of runs like this. I need big, I don't want to call them fat, but like big, heavy run defenders inside on the interior of their defensive line. So they're rolling in 300-pounders in there on the interior. We need stand-up hard edges like Aiden Hutchinson last year or even this year with Mike Morris and and play those hard edges. And then we need hybrid-style players at the second and third level, linebacker and safety with good cover corners. They've built themselves that way, and now they're much more versatile in terms of what they can do, playing zone, playing man, blitzing. 
it's it's a much better defense to face Ohio State because what what you have to do to face the Buckeyes is that you have to limit their explosive plays by tackling well in space. That's what Oregon did last year. That's what Michigan did last year. Make them earn their way down the field, and then on on the other side of the ball, you've got to own the terms of the game with your run game. Oregon did that. Michigan did that a year ago. That's exactly how Michigan is built on the offensive side is to own the terms of the game. So. From a matchup standpoint, the roster for Ohio State probably better, and that's why they're favored. But but when you just look at them, it's like, okay, if you're going to build a team that Ohio State would struggle with, you would build Michigan's team. And that's exactly what Jim Harbaugh has done. Fox football, 9 a.m., the pregame show, Michigan and Ohio State on Fox mm-hmm. this weekend. I've been telling people, Joel, that the final play of the TCU game is what their entire season has been like. Like the entire <laughs> season has been that play. What an amazing they have they have had one of the most entertaining and unbelievable seasons yeah. that I can remember in college football history, Joel. Yeah. I mean, double digit comebacks, you know, several times during the year. Uh you got this quarterback that is like I mean, he's he's a he's a he's a different version, but kind of in the same vein of like a Tebow, right? right? It's like yeah. I don't think you're he's overly skilled at the position, but he just wills his team down the field and you kind of love him for it. He's bloodied after the game. Right. Um yeah, and 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 then there's like kind of aw shucks Sonny Dykes in his first year. He's like, Yeah, we're just we're just trying to play well. It's like well, you're undefeated, Sonny. You know, like <laughs> crack a smile. Um <clears throat> I'm with you on that. And and when you go down there, they got the hypnotoad thing going on, but underneath the surface of just like this Cinderella story. There's a couple of players that are legit top-end, all-American, first-round draft pick, second-round draft pick type players. Um, Quentin Johnston, their wide receiver, right? Like, he he is a problem for everybody involved. I think he's the second-best wide receiver in, in the entire sport right now. When I say entire sport, that means, like, college football, right behind my, Marvin Harrison Jr. Their back, uh, Kendry Miller, reminds me a lot of Brees Hall. Remember from Iowa State, who yeah, who started to play really well in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He's a slashing style, big back, catches it well out of the backfield. Their offensive line is veteran. They're pretty good up front. So it's it's not just like this aw shucks, Fort Worth, look at them go, Cinderella story. Like they've got some pieces. And I think the 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 one thing that I've been impressed with is that their defense has started to play better uh during the last half of the season. But man, this is an an, an incredible ride. I know a lot of people were like all over Sonny Dykes about the the end of the game, but I think in his mind he was thinking to himself like, "We'll be fine." Yeah, yeah, you know, like, yeah, right. we'll we'll run out there and make the field goal. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> He's been there the entire season. That play, that's what yeah. I'm saying. That's he right. wasn't nervous. I mean, the kicker was late, which made me nervous. But uh... yeah, he didn't even get to step it off. I'm watching it, and I'm like, <laughs> the, the the fat linemen are running out there, and they're getting their splits, you know, and they're everyone's hustling, and then the kicker kind of like strolls out, you know, as as if he was just got done with a cappuccino, and he just kind of like stands there, and I'm like, if this dude misses this kick. Right. Like they're gonna turn around and, and slug him right in the chest, but, yeah, but he made it. Call because they spent the entire season in that kind of chaos. That's, that's right. That's exactly insane. right. I, I feel like we're doing this thing with USC and Caleb Williams in particular because a lot of people on the East Coast don't see him. I've been telling our show that Caleb Williams is the best college quarterback in the country this year. Do you agree? Well, he's he's certainly the most important quarterback to his team. You know, um, and 
And I think what he's starting to show, at least me, see, I, I covered him a few times late last year after he won that job at Oklahoma, and he struggled against drop eight coverage. You know, so basically, you know, rush three, drop eight, and he just didn't see it. And he was trying to do too much. And I was like, you know, this is the natural growing pains of a guy in his fifth and sixth start because he didn't start until the middle of the year after that Red River game. So coming into this year, I was like, he's going to need to to develop and improve. And he's he's done that. Now I look at him and he's the most dangerous quarterback in the country. He he there is a Mahomes-esque quality about the way that Caleb Williams plays. There's a gunslinger that can hurt you also in rhythm from the pocket. See, there's this you're people want to put quarterbacks into one of two categories, right? You're either a statue or you're gonna create. Right. And the best ones can do a little of both, Rogers-esque, Mahomes-esque. And and he's that way. When he gets you in rhythm, man, he's he's as good as they come. Then when he breaks contain and he actually scrambles, he's even more dangerous. And his ability to throw on the run is as good as anybody since Mahomes in college football. Um, and then there's this – I was talking to a buddy about this, and he's actually a UCLA fan. Um, and and he was like, the guy was maddening to watch because his body language, you could say it was poor, but it was actually just supremely confident. Sitting on the bench just like, you know, he's just like <laughs> – Almost bored, kind of like, all right, when am I going to get back out there and dominate this game? Because that's what's going to happen. You know it, I know it. Like, hey, you know, like, let's go. Um, he's pretty He's pretty special. The, the back half of the season that he's having is going to make him easily a Heisman finalist. I know that goes without being said. And unless C.J. Stroud goes off or Blake Corum goes off Saturday, I think Williams is going to win the Heisman. Really? Yeah. And he deserves. I think he deserves to win the Heisman. Um, I think he does. And that's another team, by the way, we left out when we were discussing Alabama, two-loss team. USC is going to get in there if they win out as well, right? In they are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lane Kiffin, uh, do you believe he'll stay at Mississippi, or do you think he's going elsewhere? Who knows with him, right? Like, he, he, he's he got a pretty good thing going there, but I, I, I could see him. I could see him moving. I think that there's definitely, listen, when there's smoke, there's fire. And so there's definitely something there uh, as it r r relates to him leaving. Won't be surprised if he leaves at all. I think that there's probably other jobs within that division, even though they're going to go away from divisions that might be easier to win at. And so I think that he might, I think he might leave. Would you hire Deion Sanders to be your head coach if it were your decision? If you were an athletic director at a major D1 school, would you hire Deion? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think he's yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, in some ways, I think that's a no-brainer. And I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. Um, someone's going to. I don't know if it's going to be this year or not. Um, I, I do know, like, I know some people in his, like, orbit. And he's laser-focused on this team that he's coaching and trying to win the, their SWAC championship on December 3rd. So I don't I don't know about this year. But I, but I do know someone's going to hire him at some point and – I think it's going to be an absolute home run. I think that the guy is a, well, he's obviously a star and he just infuses such a, a tremendous amount of energy and then recruiting prowess right away, regardless of where he goes. Everyone's like, well, he's got to go to the right place. What do you mean? Right place. He's Deion Sanders. You know what the right place is? Wherever his feet are at. That's where the right place is. is. I agree. 
Uh, working with Gus Johnson must be exciting. It also yeah. must be very stressful. I'm wondering, yeah. have you, because you don't want to step on Gus Johnson. No one <laughs> likes to do that. Have you stepped on Gus before? I I have, mm-hmm. and uh, it's terrifying. I can just tell you that <clears throat> right now. Um, working with Gus is is unbelievable. I love working with Gus, and our relationship. This is our eighth year. Has grown, you know, leaps and bounds. Uh, absolutely love the man, and and we couldn't be more opposite, you know, of each other. And I think that's a little bit why it works. You know, our sound is very different. What I like to talk about is very different than what he likes to talk about during the game. But he's he's so talented. His timing is is amazing, and then obviously he can go to a place that just no one else can. Other people try it, and and they just it. It falls so far short of where Gus can go. But yes, I have stepped him on him a couple of times. And I just kind of like peeked over to my left, kind of cringing. And he was just looking at me kind of like, really? You don't pass the ball to Kobe in the last moments? And I'm like, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, like I'm I'm Luke Longley to his Jordan. You know, I'm not even Pippen. I'm like Luke Longley in the corner. Yeah, just hoping that he passes it like John Paxton. Yeah, Longley would always get like eight points in the first quarter, and then Jordan would take over in the fourth. It's perfect. That's right. That's right. And he looks over and he's like, "That was that was cute." I'm like, "I'm like, thanks." (laughs) Does he ever bring that energy anywhere else? Like, you guys go out to dinner or something, gets excited, something's on sale, or mozzarella sticks or anything like that? Um, no, not really. Maybe some waffles uh, from from Hampton Inn. Um. When else does he get excited? Are you telling me that Gus Johnson is quiet and reserved in, in everyday life? He can be until he, he – you know when he gets most – there's two There's two times when, when he gets most excited. One is, like, when someone gives him a gift. He's like, hey! You know, and it's like, <laughs> it's on. And then, and then the second is he always calls my thing, like – on Friday night, I give a big spiel about the game, you know? So I've got like, you know, for instance, I've got like this, like all these notes, right? And I'm and I'm giving him like all the like, here's my thoughts on the game. And then like one of those bullets will excite him and he'll be like, that's really good. We got to talk about that, you know? And, and he's all in on that bullet. And so those are the two areas where I feel like he gets really excited. He's a joy to, to work with. I love working with him. So talented, really smart, just under, understands the, the the nuance of broadcasting. You know how to how to enhance the drama, build stars, the timing of his calls. I mean, he's one of one. Hampton and waffles too, though they get him excited. Waffles. <laughs> All right, Clack, get out of here, man. We look forward to the game this weekend. Fox Football, nine a.m. Michigan and Ohio State. On Fox, uh, Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson uh, will be on the call of the biggest game of the year, really. So uh, we appreciate your time, man. Have a great Thanksgiving, and uh, we look forward to uh, watching your call of the game, man. I I really enjoy your guys' show, number one. And two, thanks for having me on. Have a great Thanksgiving, and and hopefully everyone enjoys the the football all all the way around because apparently you can call soccer football as well. So everything going on this week. (laughs) God bless football. What are the records last week, Billy? And what are the records for the season? If Mojo calls in, he'll call in. If not, Daryl's there. Daryl. Yeah, Daryl's here. Dylan's here. Uh, Dylan, I meant. Daryl. Daryl. Listen, I was so f***ing hesitant to say his name because I forgot his name and my dog is distracting me. But at least I got 
Daryl. <laughs> no, but K Funk, the biggest shock is hey, hey, Daryl. Uh, <laughs> the biggest shock up, is Danny? I got the first letter right. <laughs> That's, That's what he said. He, he said at least you got the D right. <laughs> All right, well, I'm gonna you call him Daryl now. Okay. <laughs> uh, why is Dylan more Jack than Mojo? Mm, he definitely yeah, is. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's a life point, Chris. No sleeves on. I is like the it. Only one, he's the only one going sleeveless today. Well, in the <laughs> all right. So, Billy, what were the records uh, last week for the guys? And again, uh, Daryl will pick for Mojo if Mojo doesn't show up. Mojo's at Epcot Center. At least he's back in the United States. Okay, yeah. he's done with the hun- we we well we think and and he's done with the honeymoon. Um, we're not certain. We don't know what country he's in. Epcot. Yeah, exactly no right. Idea. He could be yeah, anywhere. It's a good point. Okay, so Billy, last week uh, and for the season, what are the records here? What what are we looking at? So last week, Chris and Carl went two and three. K Funk went three and two. Jabba's coin went four and one. Ojo slash Mikey A went zero oh and five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so happy. Good job, job Mikey A. Dojo, keep in mind, okay, that we are trying to have Mojo perform poorly, okay? Mm-hmm. So whatever you would like, go the opposite, all right? I guess. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, all right, so Billy, and for the season, what are the guys? Do we have that? For the season, Antonio Tarver still has the lead, uh, then K-Funk, then Kosi, <laughs> then Troy, then Gordy, then Jabba, who is 26 and 27. Uh, Chris is 22 and 31. Then John O'Hurley, who came on one time. Mojo <laughs> is now 19 and 34, and Carl is 13 and 21. What's right. mine? You are in second place. You're 29 and 24. Nice, K-Funk. Yeah. 29 uh, and 24. Hey. Chris, why are you laughing that Antonio Tarver is in first place? <laughs> he only, He's been out he of had, He only had five picks. Yeah. The randomness of it. I know, but you, listen, you're supposed to get Antonio back on, and he's supposed to come on with Frank Stallone. Yeah. So. Let's Drew, hey, this is we gotta get Drew on. Once Drew's no, off, then we'll get other guys. We don't care about the no, order. We no. just care that you get any of them. It doesn't is, matter. Why this, are we doing this in some sort of order? We're on to this game of yours, K Funk. Is it every yes. week you say you're gonna get What do you mean? On, and you make poor Chris push back Drew every single week, and then you don't have anyone come on. You uh, pushed him back for a witch, so let's be let's be honest here. It was important I, though, it was I, Halloween. I mean yeah. <laughs> he did. <laughs> she turned she turned things around for Java. And yeah. you, she really. Jabba's still trying to. Jabba's still trying to get a hold of her. I think, right? Uh, he should. Uh, we can make that happen, it, Jabba. What? You want me to bring her back on, and we can make that happen? No, I think I. I think she liked one of our. Some one of us retweeted something, and she liked it. And I think I might have followed her. I don't know. I, I think she liked you, Jabba. I'm serious. You I'm not joking. Saying that based on she was great. Fire, fire a DM off to her, Jabba. See how the. But how the show do? It was more importantly, did we get? Was it a good turnout for it? I have no idea. <laughs> I just keep cracking Let's these things yes. down. <laughs> and if they don't cancel it, it means we're doing well. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, are we ready for the uh, – we're going to do the three games for Thanksgiving here, okay, the Thursday games this week. Uh, we got three of them. They're tough games, man. Uh, let's go uh, Bills at Lions, a tradition unlike any other, a Lions home game on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, Lions are plus nine and a half. The Bills have been in Detroit for two weeks now. They played their home game there a week ago. They stayed there. They didn't go back to Buffalo because there is six feet of snow there. So this is a home away from home uh, for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. So let's start here with K-Funk. Lions plus nine and a half, playing very good football, by the way, right now. Uh, Plus nine and a half, taking on the Buffalo Bills. K-Funk, who are you going with? 
Um, I'm going to take the Lions to cover here. Okay. Uh, Chris, who are you going with? I'm, uh, I'm going Bills. I'm going Bills. Lions are too hot. All right. You're going Bills. Uh, let's go to Dojo here. Daryl, of course. Dojo. Dojo. <laughs> going with the Lions. You're taking the Lions. Lions plus nine and a half. All right. Dojo Mojo. Lions. Nice. All right. Good job. Uh, good job, Daryl. And now let's go to Java's coin. Heads is Bills. Tails is Lions. Java is nine and one over the last two weeks. Flip it, Java. Heads. Oh, wow. All right. So uh, you have the Buffalo Bills. All right. Uh, next game, Giants at Cowboys. What a weird line. I, listen, I don't want to affect your picks or anything, but Mikey A and I were talking right before you came on. We we're both taking the Giants here, okay? Ten points is a lot. Giants at Cowboys. Cowboys, a lot of people feel like top to bottom, best roster in the NFL. Cowboys are at home. They're minus ten. No, a lot of people feel that way. Uh, they're hold on. minus ten, taking on the Giants. So let's go to uh, Chris Gronkowski. First. Billy, Chris Billy, hold on. Billy's Billy, trying to interrupt. Yeah. yeah, just a quick reminder, though. Mikey A went 0-5 last week. So he, no, 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 no. I went 0-5 as Mojo last oh, week. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. He was trying to do bad. Yeah. <laughs> he was really 5-0. <laughs> yeah. You want to know how I did last week? Check Super Jewelers and see what their sales were. <laughs> <laughs> Hundred percent off. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, Chris, who are you going with here? Is there is there injuries on the Giants? Um, not that I'm aware of. Um, I was at a ten point line. Well, I just think people Dallas coming off a big victory. I think at Minnesota, uh, the Giants. A lot of people said, like I was saying all year, we're six and two team in NFL history. We're seven and two team in NFL history. Then they got blown out at home to the Lions. And so I think a lot of people are, you know, combining those two things. And they have Dallas plus a short win. And Chris, the the line has gone up. Yeah, it keeps going up. People are pounding Dallas. Yeah. Pounding Dallas. Okay. I'll I'll take take Giants here. I like that. Take points. Yeah, I think that's smart. Uh, Let's go to – where's Dojo? Dojo's here. Dojo, who are you taking here? I'm going to have to go with the Cowboys. You're taking the Cowboys. I'm okay. taking the Cowboys. All right. Uh, let's go to uh, K-Funk. K-Funk, who are you taking here? I'm going to take the Giants and the points. Giants and the points, okay. And Jabba, here we go again. Nine and one last two weeks, flipping a coin. Uh, heads, Giants, tails, Cowboys. Go ahead, flip it. Tails. Tails, you have the Cowboys. All right. Uh, Dojo, I'm coming to you first here. Patriots at Vikings. Vikings. Uh, a lot of people feel like they're frauds. They were exposed a bit last week, as I just explained. They're minus two and a half. This is the night game Thursday night. Minus two and a half. Take it on the Patriots. Patriots destroyed, broke my heart last week, beating the Jets and Mikey A's heart. Uh, Dojo, who are you going with here? I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to go with uh, the Vikings. All right, you're taking the Vikings. I like it. Uh, K-Funk, who are you going with? Yeah, they broke my fucking picks, too. Um, yeah. I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take Minnesota. You taking Minnesota? All right, Chris yep. Gronkowski. Who are you going with? Going Vikings here. All right, Vikings. All right, Jabba. We ready? Yep. Heads Patriots, tails Vikings. Heads. All right, you have the Patriots, my friend. Uh, all right, so those are the picks for uh, the Thursday game. 
Uh, boys, happy Thanksgiving. I'm not going to make the same mistake I made last year with Java. It's just another Thursday for Java, okay? But to, uh, to K-Funk Dojo, Chris Gronkowski, happy Thanksgiving, man, okay? You too, buddy. You too. Happy Thanksgiving.